for Thursday, December 9th. It's the Early Word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac Davey Aronson with a look at this morning's top news, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, the battle within the MTA and what it could mean for your transit fare. And Janaya Williams checks out a playhouse calling itself the first major Pakistani-American theater company. We start with this morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. Senate Democrats have postponed a vote on a bill to help workers and residents affected by 9-11-related illnesses. They're scheduled to try again today, but the takeaways Washington correspondent Todd Zwillick says the Zadroga bill's chances are still in doubt. This vote is widely expected to fall short of the 60 votes needed. Then the question is, what are the next steps? There is already a move afoot among members of the New York delegation to try to get this Zadroga bill now attached to the income tax bill that's going to be moving here in Congress within the next couple of days. Todd Zwillick of The Takeaway reporting from the Capitol. He says Democrats had too many other matters to consider last night to take up the $7.4 billion Zadroga bill. Republicans oppose the measure, saying it creates a new expensive entitlement program. The Senate also put off action on the DREAM Act, though it was narrowly passed by the House. The measure would provide a path to citizenship for illegal immigrants who attend college or serve in the military. It, too, is unlikely to pass the Senate. Computer hackers are taking responsibility for cyber attacks on the Visa and MasterCard websites in defense of WikiLeaks. The companies cut ties earlier this week with WikiLeaks, the transparency website that's in the process of releasing hundreds of thousands of secret diplomatic cables. Both credit card websites were inaccessible for parts of yesterday. Visa and MasterCard say accounts were not at risk and that people could still use their credit cards online. President Obama has signed legislation to settle claims by American Indian landowners and black farmers who say they were discriminated against for decades by the U.S. government. The settlement awards $3.4 billion to American Indians for royalties like oil, gas, and timber. More than a billion goes to African-American farmers who say they were denied loans and other federal assistance. A New York state judge has heard arguments over whether ratings of individual city teachers can be given to the media. WNYC's Beth Fertig reports the teachers' union is resisting the release of the information. Thousands of elementary and middle school teachers have been rated based on how much progress their students made on standardized tests. The result is a ranking or percentile showing which teachers were most and least effective. But the union's lawyer, Charles Merdler, told the judge these data reports have too many errors to be reliable calling them, it's garbage in, garbage out. He said the state's freedom of information law allowed agencies to withhold documents when they might be damaging. He also pointed to an agreement the city made with the union not to release the teachers' names. But the city says it's required to release them. A lawyer for five news organizations told the judge that any debates over the accuracy of the ratings should be made in public when they're released. For WNYC, I'm Beth Fertig. Judge Cynthia Kern hasn't indicated when she'll make a decision. Now that New York City off-track betting is shutting down its parlors, those who are owed money by the bankrupt corporation are tallying their losses. Yonkers Raceway was NYCOTB's second biggest creditor. General Manager Robert Galtierio says the racetrack is owed about $20 million in fees. We don't know how we're going to be able to recoup any of it because they don't have any money and they have no assets. So basically, you know, we've lost everything that they owed us. 
Yonkers Raceway got about 15% of its revenue from NYC OTB. Much of that money went to the owners of winning horses. The most immediate economic impact of NYC OTB's shutdown is on its more than 1,000 employees. They received layoff notices this week. A program aimed at cracking down on negligent landlords is having mixed results. WNYC's Cindy Rodriguez says the city's independent budget office has found landlords owe the city millions of dollars for repairs. The IBO study finds that only 28 percent of property owners in the program make the necessary repairs and pay fines. And increasingly, the report finds the city is making emergency repairs itself. So far, fixing the buildings has cost $19 million. The report says only $4 million has been repaid by landlords. Since 2007, 598 properties were put into the program. The majority are in Brooklyn and the Bronx. One bright spot, building owners that do clean up their act have significantly fewer housing violations going forward. The city's housing department is looking to tweak the program, and a new bill would allow for landlords to pay fines in installments, which the city says will help recoup more funds. For WNYC, I'm Cindy Rodriguez. MTA Chairman Jay Walder says unions have to agree to freeze their wages, or strap hangers will have to pay more. WNYC's Jim O'Grady has more on the latest between MTA and its employees. The MTA is hiking fares later this month and is also planning another 7.5% increase in 2013. But Walder warns that fare hike will be even larger if unions don't help out. He told the State Assembly Committee that labor hasn't played an active part in helping the MTA face its budget crisis. Walder says he'll only agree to cost of living raises if the unions match them with increased productivity or fewer benefits. Of the agency's more than 30 unions, all but three are negotiating a new contract or will begin to do so in the next year. A spokesman for the Transport Workers Union described Walder's style as take it or leave it and didn't think it would succeed. For WNYC, I'm Jim O'Grady. Taking a look at today's calendar in the Senate, in addition to the Zadroga bill and the DREAM Act, we could see a test vote or at least a deal on repealing the military's don't ask, don't tell policy, banning openly gay service members. The first family attends the lighting of the national Christmas tree this evening at the White House. Economic reports today include weekly jobless claims and mortgage rates plus wholesale trade inventories for October. The Doors' Jim Morrison will get a posthumous pardon for his 1969 conviction for indecent exposure during a show in Miami. Florida Governor Charlie Crist got a commitment for the second of two votes needed from other members of the state's clemency board, which is meeting today. Morrison would have been 67 years old yesterday. And in suburban San Diego, authorities will burn a house to the ground because it's so packed with explosives it's been deemed too dangerous to enter. The renter of the house has pleaded not guilty to charges of making destructive devices and also to robbing three banks. Authorities haven't said why he had the material in his house. Just a few of the things happening this Thursday. Parwa's Playhouse calls itself the first major Pakistani-American theater company. Their next project is to stage what they call the ultimate American play, Beyond the Horizon by Eugene O'Neill, adapted to take place in their parents' homeland of Pakistan. WNYC's Janaya Williams visited the group on their first reading of the play. 
in the distant stage right, the sound of waves and seagulls. Yusuf, the younger brother, looks out, an open book nearly falling out of the his The original right play by Eugene O'Neill won the Pulitzer Prize in 1920. Arun, the older brother, in Chilarkamis, enters unnoticed stage left. Set on a farm in Connecticut in the early 1900s, it's the story of two brothers, one who reads poetry and dreams of traveling to see the world, another who's content working on the family farm. Both brothers make bad choices, and neither one follows his dreams. Their sibling rivalry leads them down the road of disillusionment and regret. It's a, it's a very American play. Imran Sheikh is an actor and one of the founders of Parava's Playhouse. The story really appealed to us because it's the story about seeking your own destiny in the new land, and that's exactly what our parents' generation did. And, and we wanted to make the play our own. Parova's Playhouse is a group of eight first- and second-generation Pakistani Americans. Actors, playwrights, and directors, they grew up in New York and met last year working on The Domestic Crusaders, a play about a Pakistani-American Muslim family. The cast was South Asian entirely, and this was a very unique and unprecedented thing. So something sparked in me, wouldn't it be nice if we could do this all the time? And having a theater background, being an actor, I thought, theater company. The name Parovaz comes from poet and philosopher Ulama Iqbal. He is credited with the idea of creating Pakistan. Parovaz means ascension, having dominion over things, flying high. I always say there's like a maelstrom of negative imagery out there, but it's our job to shine a light through that. And theater is a good vehicle to do that because we want to show people that we're human beings, and that's how you create understanding. In Pakistan, there's a tradition of watching soap opera-style dramas, and of course there's Bollywood. The playwright, Imran Javed, says that Parova's Playhouse draws from those traditions, but it doesn't feel constrained by them. We're theater lovers who happen to be Muslim Pakistani-Americans, and there's a huge hunger among non-Muslim, non-Pakistani-Americans to learn about Muslims and Pakistani-Americans. And so we feel like we have an audience. The world is waiting for us to do something. The production received financial backing from Kickstarter, an online funding platform for creative projects. Support was enthusiastic, and the group raised about $1,000 more than their $3,000 goal. Previews start next month at Theater for the New City. The company says the ultimate goal is to have a brick-and-mortar home for Parova's Playhouse. For WNYC, I'm Jenea Williams. Is he Whispering tenderly. And we'll wrap up with the gig alert. Now look at tonight's music scene. Patricia Barber and her deep alto voice have been thrilling jazz audiences for quite some time now. Barber's father played with Glenn Miller, and she grew up singing in Chicago jazz joints, leading her own band and playing piano as well. She's known for being one of the most prominent openly gay women in jazz. Rocking her gently to sleep. You can catch Patricia Barber singing at the Jazz Standard tonight. And you can download this song called The New Year's Eve Song on our culture site. Just click culture at wnyc.org. And you can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. It's all at our website, wnyc.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson. Have a great day.